Hi doctor, are you currently seeing patients with shoulder pain? What about frozen shoulder? What if I could teach you a neurological treatment system in which you could literally take a person from frozen, frozen shoulder to a full range of motion in two visits? And this system is so powerful that we guarantee results in two visits or we don't accept the patient for care. Hi, I'm Dr. Andy Barlow. I'm a board certified chiropractic neurologist. I also carry a fellowship in functional neurology and every Wednesday night at 5 p.m. I'm giving a one hour seminar free of charge. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help your community. I'm here to help our profession go to the next level. I personally look forward to seeing you every Wednesday night. I want to, I want to completely change your life and change your community's life. And I can help you do that because I've helped hundreds if not thousands of doctors from Europe to Canada all the way to New Zealand with these types of health issues, okay? So I look forward to seeing you Wednesday night at 5 p.m. Central on the webinar. Have a great day. I look forward to seeing you on, it, on the internet. My name is Mark Anthony with Edge on Regenerative Medicine Show. I want to thank you all for, for uh, coming uh, to uh, check out Dr. Ryan Wood. Uh, this is going to be an interesting show today. We're going to be talking about something that I've never, actually never heard. And before we go forward, Dr. Ryan Wood, he is a naturopathic physician, also a chiropractic physician. I love the saying, the saying uh, tailoring regenerative medicine. Uh, he's also in the Northwest, actually in my area, Northwest Regenerative Orthopedics. You can find him at 11790 Southwest Barnes Road, and that's building A Suite 129 in Portland, Oregon. You can also find his website at uh, nwregen.com. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Uh, Woods, for being here. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. So today, guys, we are going to we have something exciting that this the topic, if I can say it correctly, is we're going to be talking about what is Stelly ganglion blocks. It's <laughs> Stelly ganglion blocks. Stelly. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was like a Star Wars theme. I was like, yeah, kind of. I mean, <laughs> it feels like it sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> no. Uh, hey, no pun intended. We won't go there. But I know that you you have the saying um, with that is calming anxiety and yes. responses. So let's, let's start off. What, what is, what is Stelly ganglion? <laughs> sure. So the Stelly ganglion, or you want me to talk about the block? So the Stelly ganglion block, I'll just, I'll kind of wrap it up in one. Stelly ganglion is a, is a ganglion in our neck. And if you don't really know what a ganglion is, it's sort of a mini brain. You know, you've got the big one in between your shoulders. At least most of us hope we do. And if, uh, if that's working really well, you know, there's other little spots in our body where we have these bundles of nerves that do sort of microprocessing, little little checks and balances stations. And one of those is in the neck, and it's called the stellate ganglion. Um, it's part of the autonomic nervous system. So that, uh, for some people, that's that buzzword of fight or flight. You know, you get the you get scared in the woods, you see a bear and your eyes get big and you're like, oh my God, I got to run from the bear. Or if you're reading that sappy book or watching the notebook, like my wife would make me do and you're sitting on the couch crying and trying to contain yourself. That's, that's the parasympathetic side of things. So yeah, the Stella lives you know you on like the chain. Movie. Come on. 
I, you know, yeah. don't fight it. We're not going to go there. Let's just go back to Star Wars. <laughs> Love it. So, so yeah, what, that's what. What are some of the? Um, what would you say that, that? What are some of the main conditions that oh. you treat with that? So I guess I guess you probably need a foundation for like what is it? I mean, I just told you what the stellate is. Like, what is it? I mean, it's part of the autonomic nervous system. Um, what does it do? Right? You know, there's. So stellate ganglion blocks is a really weird intervention. I, I probably talk about this for days, but I think the, the foundation of it is that there was some crazy scientists back in World War II that had a bunch of frozen soldiers that were prisoners of war and they were dying from exposure, essentially. Um, these doctors knew that the autonomic chains in our body controlled the sympathetic tone, which is that fight or flight. And what they did was they found that if they put uh, an anesthetic on the stellate ganglion, that these, you know, soldiers who were dying from exposure were actually living and living through this trauma. So yeah, these, you know, starving German World War II prisoners and the Russian mad scientists were putting, you know, procaine on this ganglion bottle. And sort of like this sort of a side note on that was beyond the fact that they were living, um, and, and not having vascular failure, like, you know, just complete con collapse of their systems. Um, when they came out of the experience, they had less, um, back then they called it shell shock. Today we call it post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of this sort of bizarre epiphany of these docs. I was like, wait a second. So I, I inject on this nerve bundle in the neck and it's saving their lives from, you know, vascular collapse. But then on the flip side, they're having less shell shock as compared to their peers, right? So I think that's kind of the history on how we found out about it. And it sort of got lost in the annals of medicine until I think around 45. And then in the 80s, some Finnish doctors started using it. And then it was sort of picked back up in the US in the late 90s um, as a treatment for sort of complex regional pain syndrome or compartment syndrome, where you get, you know, burning and, and nerve issues that are basically localized to an extremity. Um, again, they started treating people for like hand numbness, tingling, burning nerve stuff in the arm and people that had at the same time, they had those symptoms. If they also had PTSD, what they were noticing is that their PTSD got better and their general anxiety got better. So, um, you know, that's sort of the history on what, what happened and how it came about. And, and then some really brilliant doctors on the East coast, Eugene Lipov and Sean Mulvaney was a retired Lieutenant Colonel Navy SEAL, amazing man, brilliant mind, love him. He's, I've got to study under him a little bit. Um, he, uh, these guys sort of, you know, pioneered this research into using stellate ganglion box for the treatment of complex uh, cases and PTSD and things like that. Um, so they're treating soldiers and, you know, uh, active first responders, you know, cause right now with COVID and all the first responders have been through the heinousness of the last year, um, you know, military veterans who've suffered wartime, things like that, sexual assault survivors. I see quite Vertigo. a bit of that. Um, yeah. Vertigo, you know, yeah, all kinds of weird stuff. I mean, I actually had a case recently of a patient that had ringing in her ear, right. And she had no other. Uh, she tried everything. I mean, everything, audiologist, everything. She's been everywhere, seen everybody. She's had corticosteroid injections in her inner ear. Um, nothing seemed to help. And for some weird off the wall uh, journal somewhere, there was a, a correlation between ringing in the ears, tinnitus in stellate blocks. I did a stellate block on her and lo and behold, it improved her ringing in her ears. So go figure. Um, 
there's mm -hmm. lots of indications for it. So why do we not hear about this? Like I'm gonna be, I, I, I'm gonna be honest. I mean, I'm, I've been in the field for a long time working mm -hmm. with a lot of doctors. I and maybe I misread it or skipped it. I, I why you do know, we not hear about this? I'm God, I think I think medicine in general in this country is a slow moving snail. Um, you know, when research comes out, <clears throat> it's a decade before people recognize it. It's another decade before it gets implemented. It's another like, decade no. before it's covered by insurance. <laughs> so, you know, you're 30 years one way or another, I think, you know, and it came out like 98 Lipoff sort of brought it back in the forefront. It wasn't until like, I think 2017, 2018, that the wall street journal ran an article on their front page and was, I think the title of it was something like, can a single injection, uh, cure PTSD or something like that. And, I think it was like June 2018 or something. So it really hadn't hit sort of mainstream media until just two years ago. I never learned about stellar ganglion blocks in school, except for the treatment of complex regional pain syndrome or compartment syndrome, right? So that's, I learned about it only in that aspect. I never learned about it for the treatment of PTSD. Um, and, you know, I've been doing this for about five years, so I'm way ahead of the curve on most people on this. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a it's just an underutilized, underrecognized treatment option that um, most interventional pain docs know how to do, but don't really use it for the treatment of PTSD. So I I can't I can't tell you any other reason um, why it's not out there more than than that. It's extremely effective too. I mean the the most current articles that come out of the military, the DOJ, because they're the ones studying it they showed dramatic improvement. And there was just a recent article that came out, I think it was November, they started injecting the, the stellate ganglion plus the upper cervical ganglion, which is now what I'm doing. And it's showing an even more dramatic, positive outcome for people that have PTSD. So the first four years I did it, I just injected the stellate. And in the last three months, I've been injecting the stellate ganglion plus the upper cervical ganglion. So it's, it you know, no, no, it doesn't. I had a guy in here, Yesterday, as a matter of fact, when I was injecting on him, he was actually watching my ultrasound screen while I was doing the entire procedure and commenting how cool it was because you have to see all the anatomy and you watch the needle go in, he, I, you know, and I, I'm, I use lots. I'm very liberal with my anesthetics, so um, I, I make it easy. I mean, I'm a needle guy, stab people for a living. Let's face it. Yeah, I can't get around the fact that this is what I do. So if I'm going to I'm going to own it, but I'm going to make it as comfortable as possible. And so I use lots of anesthetics. But so yeah, would, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. Do you feel the difference right away? Do you see a difference right away? Or does it take about a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months to notice some, anything, any changes? Well, I, let me just describe kind of how I different. theorize it works. And then sort of, I think once you kind of understand the circle, like what is going on, then you can kind of see how it works. So mm -hmm. basically the way I like to describe that is, is in evolution, um, you know, we, if you believe that in evolution, um, we had, we have this big brain in our heads, you know, hopefully we have, we all have one, uh, and there's different parts and it, you know, some people talk about sort of the evolution of the five sort of things in your brain, like the five sort of evolutionary steps. And, you know, the first one is like, you know, being able to like do things like move and then, or recognizing your environment was another evolutionary step right. and then programming memories to stimulus in our environment and then being able to respond to that stimulus, right? So like third brain stuff. And that, 
you know, that, that brain right there, that programming brain that, that programs our brain to stimuli is, is, is stored yeah. in the amygdala, um, sort of the limbic region of our body, which is a part of the brain that stores both trauma and also pleasure. So it's not just like, oh my God, I, I almost got ran over a car. And now every time I hear a car, I get triggered. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that, that's that third, that amygdala brain. Um, and then we have like the fourth brain, which is, you know, sort of like, programming things like, you know, Pavlov's response, like, oh, I'm hungry and things like that. And then we've got the the cognitive brain, which is, you know, our complex emotional, that's your, that's, that's you and I, that, that's the one that's making my lips talk right now and, and, and controlling these emotions going on in my brain. So, but going back to the amygdala and the limbic brain, that's like our fear brain, fear-based brain, right? So interestingly, the fear-based brain has a connection to our sort of adrenal glands in our, uh, you know, sympathetic chains that sort of control adrenaline and fight or flight response, right? So what this means in English is that, you know, let's say I'm walking down the street and some car jumps the curb and almost kills me, right? And so I, I you know, luckily survive. But now I, in my, my primitive lizard brain, I program the sound of car with, oh my God, I'm going to die, right? And, and that's, that's a classic fear-based memory from a traumatic event, right? So then what happens is the next time I say I hear the, a car, you know, it's doing some screechy tire thing, and my brain says, you're going to die, Automatic. and, it, and it, it automatically does. It's, it's a reflex. It's a, it's a primitive reflex, right? This is a reflex response. It's, it's uncontrollable. You don't have the, I can turn that off or I can turn that on. It just happens, right? So... And there's a communication pathway down the autonomic chain where the stellate ganglion lives that goes all the way down to your kidney where your adrenal medulla lives in the adrenal cortex. And it kicks off some epinephrine, adrenaline. And that, that, that chemical goes in your systemic circulation and does things like um, increases your heart rate, uh, dilates your eyes, makes you infinitely aware of your surroundings. All of a sudden, time slows down. And then you get other things with that you get the, the impending doom that's anxiety, right? So the sense that something really bad is about to happen, right? Anxiety. And so that, that, right. And so what happens then is you've got this complex thing going on in your body where you get triggered for fear. And then the fear travels down this highway and it triggers your body to have a response. And now your body's reacting to it. And then your body reacting to it goes back and it stimulates your brain to reassure your brain that yes, in fact, you actually may be dying. So your fear-based brain is now getting uh, reinforced, right? So it's a circle. So you've got fear, response, response triggers fear, fear triggers response, right? And so you're getting this, you know, and this isn't, this isn't normal, right? Because your complex brain, your, your high Dr. Ryan brain is going, wait a second, there's no car. I just heard some screeching tires. Why, why am I like having a panic attack all of a sudden? Right. And so you're thinking through this and you're going, what, what is going on? Why am I having this, this, why am I having this panic anxiety? Why am I having this, you know, trigger? Why, why am I feeling this way? And you can, you can cognitively think back to, yeah, maybe it's because that car that jumped the curtain almost killed me a while ago, but, but you can't sort of, you can't get it out of you. It's, it's there. Right. And so this is, this is PTSD. This is post-traumatic stress disorder. That's, you know, they come back from wartime situations, the horrors they live through, you know, first responders, 
you know, right now, all these doctors at New York during the first COVID, when it hit our shores, um, you know, anything like 9-11 you know, survivors, any, anybody, you know, that's gone through these periods, sexual, you know, survivors, like I, I, you know, I've, I've heard some pretty amazingly horrifying things that people do. It's shocking to me. But, right. you know, so what happens then is that you, you've got this response and you don't really have the cognitive ability to get over it. You can use things like EMDR, which is eye movement therapy, and you can use talk therapy. Um, and they get to the root problem and they absolutely are an imperative um, thing for people that are, you know, PTSD survivors to do. But it's not necessarily um, getting rid of that limbically programmed fear-based programming thing that's in our primitive lizard brain that lives back here in the corner, quietly talking to us in the middle of the night, right? So the stellate block then is a really, really crazy tool because I can put an anesthetic on the communication pathway from our fear-based brain to our adrenal glands. And I can block our fear-based brain from triggering your body into a response, right? So I'm tricking your body into, hey, that car jumped the curb. I should be running, 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 running. There's a bear chasing me in the woods. But your body's going, what are you talking about? So you're there's turning no... off a sensor. Now, in my brain, yeah. I'm looking at, okay, well, we're turning off a sensor. Is it turning off anything else that should not be turned off? That's No, no. And that's the thing. It's such a brief response. So uh, that's a great question. So when you block the stellate, you're using a medicine called ropivacaine right? It's a anesthetic. It's a really cell-friendly, it's probably the most benign though, you know, there's still side effects for you know, one in a million or one in 2 million people, but it's a, it's a, of all the anesthetics we have in our, our toolbox. It's, it's one of the most benign anesthetics there is. It's used daily by thousands and thousands of physicians to block nerves. The interesting thing about rapivacaine is it tonifies uh, nerves, which it, it essentially it changes their, their signaling so it, it not only just blocks the nerve, but it actually modulates the nerve over a period of time. And this is kind of how we think stellate tends to work is one, you're, you're blocking your fear-based brain from giving your body a physiologic response, right? So I'm blocking that highway. Your right. brain's going freaking out, but your body's not responding. So if your body's not responding, it's not reinforcing the fear-based brain. And that opens a window into people with PTSD to... Um, find a way to create neuroplastic change in their brain. And that's where like everything else comes in, like EMDR and talk therapy. So it's a part of the cog, right? If, if The way I explain this to my patients are, look, I'm going to block the highway between your, your lizard fear-based brain signaling your body to have a response. It's going to give you a calming window that's going to last, you know, anywhere from um, months to, I don't know, I've seen a year, maybe more longer, but it's a big window into your body's ability to separate itself from the trauma PTSD response and your body's reaction to that. Right. And so in that window of time, um, I, I really, really implore people to find, um, talk therapy and other means of, um, help to reprogram their brain, right? Because if your brain is still having this fear-based response, we have the ability to have neuroplastic change, which means we can actually reprogram our brains, um, which is a, such a cool concept. So, you know, I send them to people that do this for a living and, and get them to reprogram that fear response out of their brains. Now, you, I, I think that's the most uh, 
complete picture, a lot of times my patients just come in, they get the stellate, um, they get two of them in a 10 day period and they do fantastic, right? They just, they have such a dramatic calming in their reactions to wow. triggers, you know? So like mm -hmm. my soldiers, they come in, they, they, you know, or my EMT first responders, they come in and they're, you know, they, they went through some really heinous stuff and they can't process it because they have too much anxiety and dread um, and you block them. And then all of a sudden they're able to clearly think through their issues in a calming manner without having, you know, a fight or flight response, which is damning when you're trying to, you know, critically think through horrors that you've lived through. So yeah, that it's, and how long does it last? I mean, you know, I've had patients that have come in and been one and done. I've taken their, you know, PCL five score, you know, on these scoring sheets that I use 30 low thirties is considered PTSD. I've seen people come in at a 60, um, couple injections get down 20, 25 points and they're, they're functioning at that point. Um, I had a 59, uh, the other day that dropped down to a nine and I did four injections over six months with him. So he went from completely unable to sort of tolerate anything to high functioning exec again. I mean, you know, it, it's pretty cool stuff. So the the repeat on this i mean is mm -hmm. i mean not there be like a little tune up every i don't know seven months or how does that work or do you even need it or is everybody different case by case yeah totally different case by case to be honest with you i'm one of these docs that i i fix what i find i'm i'm, I'm in that mentality i I'm, I'm not necessarily into the realm of like um maintenance care for everything uh although i do think that you know people that have had really, I, I think PTSD is such a broad spectrum of things, you know, over here, you might have somebody that's just got general anxiety from, you know, they got a boss that is just right. a pain in the ass and they, excuse me, and they really just, uh, you know, they have a hard time dealing with them and a lot of anxiety with that to people who had, you know, been sold in the sex trade industry. I mean, I've had, I've seen that. So, you know, it's a spectrum of where you live on the scale of PTSD, right? And, and, you know, some people, you know, one or two injections, I always do a series of two. Um, it, it sort of, it's, it's supported in the research. Um, so I kind of, I try to follow the research as clearly as I can. So I do the two blocks in 10 days. And, and most of the time I get a significant change in a PTSD response from people with those two injections. Occasionally I have people that, you know, like let's say I'm treating the, the, the you know, exec for this big company here in Portland that, um, he's just a high functioning person. He wants to optimize his game. You know, we might do it two injections and then six months later we might do it. Or if I get a military guy who's really, really struggling um, and, you know, he may get two injections and several months later he may get two more and we just kind of play it by year. You know, the, you know, case obviously I don't, yeah, it's case by case. It really depends. Like I, I, and I don't have the God goggles where I can x-ray no. vision exactly how to fix you. And thank God I don't. Everyone's honestly, different. Like, everyone's different. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, everyone's different, man. And I, it's, I'm asking that because I know that people are wondering. Oh, totally. As, as I'm kind of hearing it in my, as you would say, lizard brain. So yeah. <laughs> um, you know, hey, uh, an, another huge question that I, I do have is, what would you say that maybe the top five or top three or top seven uh, things that you've seen that it's helped tremendously? Well, PTSD, general anxiety, um, those two are number one and number two. Um, I, I think that I treat those, like, that's probably 90% of the cases that I do are people that have just 
either they're truly suffering from PTSD or they have a general anxiety disorder, panic attacks, um, you know, just stress and anxiety in general. And you see a lot of that. Um, I do treat a lot of really, really high level execs, right? So people that are, you know, running billion dollar corporations and are flying all over the world and need support for that level of performance. Um, I do it for first responders, policemen, firemen, EMT, um, because they have, they, they face a lot of interesting, difficult things. The other thing I've noticed recently is like postpartum depression. Um, <clears throat> I've had several of these cases come in recently where, you know, I, I remember my, my, one of my wife's best friend went through it really bad for about a year. And we noticed that it really helped dramatically with postpartum depression, which for me, was really a bizarre sort of, I, I had to wrap my brain around that. It took me a, a little a hot minute sort of to figure that one out, but um, it does help. It really actually really helped dramatically. Uh, dramatically with that. The other thing is I talked a little bit about tinnitus or ringing in the ears, like anecdotally, um, the, the hanky book I have on the shelf right there says that it's used to treat tinnitus. And uh, yeah, and it, in effect, it actually does help with ringing in the ears. Um, I've seen it several times now. So, and then what's the other things I treat for? Oh, the other one is complex regional pain syndrome or compartment syndrome. So like I had a double crush injury in a motor vehicle accident. A uh, person was looking to their left, got in a car accident, whiplash, their hand got, um, went off the dashboard and they, they, I mean, it was the right side. They pulled the full brachial plexus in their shoulder and they had a chronic nerve irritation. So we, we hydrodissected out the nerve that was impinged and, and damage from the whiplash accident. And then we did stellate blocks to control the, the poor autonomic response that the, 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 the arm was experiencing after the trauma, which is really effective for them. So they went from like having eight out of 10 burning chronic daily pain in their arm down to like nine. So, you know, it's, it's not always um, miraculous like that. You know, it's, it's, again, it's a spectrum of change. Most people have a very, very strong sense of calm about 45 minutes to an hour after the procedure. Um, you know, 80% of people have that experience. Um, every once in a while, I get people that feel nothing. And then three or four days later, they're telling me they didn't feel anything. And then around the fourth or fifth, sixth day, they're like, wow. you know, so I, 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 don't, I can't explain that. Um, and then the other anecdotal thing that I see a lot of are bizarre dreams. So people have really lucid dreaming the night after they get the injections, which I find kind of cool. Hmm. I've not experienced it personally. I haven't had lucid dreams after I've had it done to myself, but um, I always wanted to. <laughs> how, how, how the ringing in the ears and the only reason I'm kind of jumped back on that one, because I know somebody personally a cousin of mine who's been struggling with that. I might have to send him. Not might. I, I can kind of. You can trace the nerve back way to the ears, and I've done it. If you take the textbook out and you look at the autonomic chain signaling, like so, the 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 fifth cranial nerve has a branch that goes up to the um, auditory. You know, there's like an auditory nerve that connects the fifth cranial. It goes in the canal right there, and that the fifth cranial is part of that autonomic chain. So. I think in general, what you're doing is you're the, the ropivacaine is key here. I think I, that's my personal opinion. I'm not hundred percent on this, but ropivacaine 
it tonifies nerves. Like it changes their physiology, right? It's not just I'm blocking a nerve, you know, and no, then yeah. it blocks and it's done. It's you're actually tonifying. It's like, you know, you take an acupuncture needle and you put it in your nerve and you let it and you do your little deal with it and you put some down a, let's say the bladder meridian, and, you know, and you're tonifying things, right? And the Chinese are wonderful at describing this. I think rapivacaine is a, a masterful anesthetic at tonifying nerves. So if, you know, I'm injecting down here and it's actually affecting the entire autonomic chain. So any, any of the communication, communicating branches that go around your, I think that's how it works. I'm postulating and it's an educated guess based on my understanding of anatomy and neuroanatomy. So that's, that's my best guess on the ringing in the ears, why it works. I don't know. Other than that, I couldn't tell it's you. Amazing. No, I'm just saying like, it's, it's amazing. Just, I've never even, again, this is my first time hearing about it. How long right. has this procedure been? I mean, how long has this been around? Like, do you remember oh, around? 1925 was when it was first described. Oh. So it was used in depression in 1925 in the United States. Um, I, 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 my history is a little bit, I love history, but the 25 was the first written uh, thing I could come up with on stellates. And then in 40, in the war, World War II is really where you started to see it. I mean, talked wow. about that a little bit in the German uh, prisoner camps uh, or the Russian camps where they held German prisoners. And then again, in, um, yeah. and then in the eighties, it was, in, it was a Finnish doctor. I don't remember his name. And then it was brought over in like 88. I think Eugene Lipoff was the first guy. And then again, Sean Mulvaney. So he's the, uh, I think they're the guys that have been carrying the flag, to be honest with you. And they're all out East. And I, I sat through a couple of Sean Mulvaney's lectures and watched them do it and, you know, wow. taking training. So it's been, he's, you know, he's brilliant. Um, he's also, a, he's a soldier. Man. He's, That's a, he's awesome. an American. Yeah. He's a, he's a hero. So, so I hear um, it all comes out with frozen shoulder. Yeah. Uh, frozen shoulder. I think it helps with anything where you're going to see an autonomic response to something. So I, I'm not sure about frozen shoulder. I have other methods for doing that. I, I typically hydro inflate capsules for that. Um, but yeah, if you're treating nerves, another interesting thing that we do in this clinic is we mix our anesthetics with 5% dextrose, uh, sugar water. And there's a doctor, his name is Dr. Stan Lam. He's in Hong Kong. Um, I'm going to throw a shout out to him. probably the world's finest anatomist when it comes to hydrodissecting nerves and treating nerves oh. under ultrasound guided imaging. Um, brilliant guy. I've worked, you know, I've, I've studied under him um, at seminars and such. He's just a really, he's a joy to, he's, he's a nice guy and he's also exceptionally sharp, but um, he taught me a while back that um, the 5% sugar water has a modulating effect on nerves and it, and it's sort of like, I, I like to describe it as like bathing nerves in a pool of love, right? So you've got this nerve, they're highly metabolic. They, they take a lot of energy to function. Your brain takes a huge amount of energy to function. Nerves are an extension of your brain. So it, they just, they're metabolically very active. Um, sugar water is their fuel of choice. You know, if I drive a diesel, I need to put diesel in it. So uh, nerves are the same way. If you, you know, you've got a, you know, glucose running or uh, dextrose running nerve, you put some sugar on it, it binds the capsaicin receptors, which are the tribu one receptors on the nerves themselves. And it also gives them some fuel for combustion. Um, and by doing that, it helps nerves sort of calm down and gives them some energy. And if, and, and the way that I do my treatments is we typically put 
some dextrose in there with the idea that we're treating the trp one capsaicin receptors and also providing fuel, which is restorative. You know, this is the regenerative medicine principles. This isn't, this isn't just interventional um, pain management. This is like, you know, you're taking the principles of interventional pain management, but you're applying sort of the foundations of regenerative medicine, that, that more holistic based response um, for treatment. You know, the paradigms here is treat the whole person, you know, the vitality, it's the naturopathic tenants. Um, that's what we're trying to do. And so that's why we use that 5% sugar water. It has a, another level of uh, calming and nutritive treatment to um, Stella or anywhere else I'm putting it for that matter. But yeah. Love it. I I'm loving it. So this came out, you said uh, roughly around about 1925. We don't know anything else. Yep. So about I have no idea. They had procaine back then. Procaine came out in, I think 1908. Um, we're not allowed to use it in the U S unless we have it um, compounded, which is ridiculous because it might be one of the oldest, safest anesthetics on the planet, but we can thank our bioceutical uh, industry for, and our FDA for not allowing us to have Procaine. We can have lidocaine, which is cheap and right. more toxic, but over here we can have a fast acting, relatively safe anesthetic that's been around longer than lidocaine, but we can't use it unless we compound it. And it's sort of, we're getting into politics now. I'm going to be a little bit angry with my FDA. Yeah, exactly. How you're, <laughs> that's a whole I'm with you. You're like, come on, you know, the same come thing on. about quinine, but we won't go. Yeah. Deep oh yeah. Yeah. Or you know, you know, um, so I first want to say thank you so much for being on the show, but I would love for you to give us a shout out on other things that you also do. I know okay. this is one thing that you've really have are passionate about, but I know that oh, yeah. you have many things. So, you know, um, share with us maybe, you know, a congruent of a little sure. bit of everything. So, I mean, I became a chiropractor because I got frustrated with traditional medicine and, you know, I, I work with, some of the most brilliant doctors I know are traditional medical people like surgeons. And I work with the Institute of Functional Medicine in Portland. These people are, they're next level. They're brilliant. And I love, I love them, but I, I got into alternative medicine, complementary alternative medicines, because I was frustrated with the establishment. Right. And part of that, part of that frustration was the amount of both time and effort people give to their patients. So for me, I spent two hours with every single patient at every single visit right? I only see 14 to 16 procedures a week because to me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm applying my naturopathic and chiropractic principles to this foundation of health where, you know, it's, it's a complex human being in front of me, right? So, and then the things I do are really, really um, delicate and highly skilled. So, I mean, I'm, I'm taking an ultrasound machine and I'm guiding needles into really interesting places. For example, a nerve in your neck, you know, you, you, you can't just like fly by the seat of your pants and do that. Um, you have to have good training, really good background, a very, very uh, amazing um, understanding of anatomy. You had Ole Olson on your show. He, I graduated with him, another great physician, awesome doc. Um, you know, so the things that I, I left the chiropractic practice because I wanted a broader scope of medicine. And also I saw regenerative medicine fix a dear friend of mine, Matt Schaefer's shoulder. He had an AC uh, tear that was grade four and it was reversed and almost completely resolved by prolotherapy. So I, I, I had a change in life in, you know, the 2010s um, early, you know, like I think it was like 2011. 
And I went back to school. I got my second doctorate to focus 100% of my effort onto regenerative interventional orthopedic medicine, which is a fancy way of saying I stab people for a living and I regrow tissues and joints. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, I have an absolute love and passion for this medicine. I've been doing it for a while now. Um, I, whatever I can scan with my ultrasound and I can see my needle, I'll inject on. So, and then, you know, I do interarticular injections. Um, but mostly in this clinic, what we're doing is we're taking chronic illness. Um, we're tailoring regenerative approaches to those chronic pain illnesses, and we're trying to restore normalcy. So normal tissue health, normal joint health, normal ligament tendon health. Um, I can give you a litany of things. Uh, this week I've treated an Achilles tendon, uh, a chronic Achilles tendonitis. Uh, I've had a pair of arthritic knees. I've got a shoulder that uh, I saw a couple PTSD cases, uh, erectile dysfunction in men. Um, what else did I treat? I treated, oh, I, it, my last case yesterday afternoon was a, a neck. I have an arthritic neck. I got a patient with a ridiculous pain symptom in their arm. It's due to uh, just the stenosis in the neck. So we're treating the stenosis. We're treating the arthritis in the neck, doing that guided. Um, you know, I use everything that I can inside of a needle that's considered regenerative in nature. And that's, you know, it, that's a broad spectrum of things. For me, uh, the basic starting point is dextrose prolotherapy, which is just a, a lot of sugar water. Um, a higher than normal percentage of sugar than the body has in its normal extracellular, intracellular uh, amount. So, you know, 15 to 25% dextrose in some water with some anesthetic. And that's just, uh, that stimulates collagen uh, change. So you tighten up ligaments and things like that. It can stimulate cartilage growth if you put enough of it in a joint. Um, I do a lot of PRP, which is um, a platelet drive product. So I'm drawing the blood out of patients. I'm isolating their platelets in my lab. Um, I do everything by hand. I tailor it all. I measure the cells. You know, we have cell counters and everything like that here. So, you know, we're 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 really focusing on trying to isolate a condition and take a very specific treatment protocol that's evidence research based and applying those, you know, those those scientific foundations along with our clinical experience at fixing chronic things. We also do like autologous adipose-derived um, tissue transplants. So, um, yeah, so we're taking, you know, for lack of a better term, I'm taking adipose tissue. I'm trying to clean it up as best I can and isolate the extracellular matrix, which contains people's stem cells, their pluripotent cells, and uh, also other things like macrophages and other tissue matrices. And we're transplanting that tissue into chronic degenerating joints. Um, it's, it's a stem cell treatment for lack of a better term, um, we do autologous tissue products. So um, I'll take donor tissues for like chronic, or actually I have an acute shoulder tear and a rotator cuff right now in a fireman. Mm -hmm. um, he, he tore it doing dumbbell work and we're gonna take a tissue transplant and I'm gonna fill the hole in his shoulder and then send him to his favorite PT and he'll be good as new in a couple months. So, you know, that's, my passion is to, again, stab people <laughs> and regrow yeah. things. <laughs> I, I, I love, I, I actually jot down one of your quotes as you were talking. You're like, I didn't know it was a quote. Um, 
I like when you said, I fix what I find. That that just stood out. I was like, that is nice. I that's George Goodhart said that. Yeah, he I told just me love, to do that. I, fi- yeah. <laughs> I fix what I find. I mean, that's huge. You don't I don't hear a lot of doctors saying that. You know, and yep. and, and this is why, you know, I, I believe that, you know, I was kind of drawn to you and I, I saw what you're doing and you know, um online and and one of the things that I, I love just when we're having our conversation is just so passionate about focusing on helping people. And I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying that a lot of other doctors don't do that, but I feel like sometimes you can be on the right path and sometimes lose your way. Mm-hmm. You know, and just talking with you, I just could hear your passion and excitement and mm-hmm. in, in helping people get back on that road. For and, sure, man. You know, just anyways, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show. And, um, you know, blessings upon your business and helping as many people as you can. I, I pray you become a magnet in that city, in Portland and yeah. uh, getting area. There. I'm yeah. getting busy, man. I love it. You know, I think, again, it's tailored medicine. You know, I'm, I am, I, I slowed down my practice. I spent a lot of time with people and that's really, you know, the other thing is it's like, it saves me. I got two kids at home. Let's talk about life. You know, you go home. I got insanity. They're two and six, right? Oh, <laughs> I go to work to have a vacation. That's a workout. You can't be tired, can't be tired man. Yeah, so. Your you day's know, just I, beginning when you get home. You're super yeah, yeah, medicine to me should be slowed down and individualized. And I think that's, you know, it's just, I, that's what I do. I, everybody has their own thing, but this is what I do. And it, A, I'm, I'm too ADD to do anything else. Um, I love what I do. And, and I can't focus on more than the, the four or five patients a day I see. So what better way to just, you know, play to your strengths. I pander to my strengths, which is just, I talk too much and I love you know, people. But, you're, but that's good though, because you're, but they're getting all of you. There's a major difference. Yeah. You're able to hone in. You're basically that Mandalorian. I had to throw yeah, there it. You, go. you know, but <laughs> anyways, thank you so much, Dr. Woods. I keep saying woods, Dr. Wood. It's, yeah, one tree, not the whole forest. I'm hunger, just wood. Not the whole forest. You know, even though I feel like that sometimes I'm playing. Yeah. But anyways, um, in, out there in uh, Facebook world, Instagram, Twitter, doesn't matter where yep. you're at. Make sure you share this. Why, my friends? Because even though if you don't have this situation, by you sharing one video, you can change one person's life out there. So, uh, again, thank you so much, Dr. Wood. And, um, again, I love it. I, you fix what you find. And, um I know for a fact we'll be having you on the show because I you've given me some ideas. And awesome. uh, again, thank you so much. And uh, thank you. Enjoyed uh, it.